How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Okay, another week, another episode, and uh, first episode of the new format for talking about Batman movies, although they're no longer going to be solo Batman movies because, well, we finished all of those, so this will be the first one kind of in a, uh, you know, different sphere, I guess. They're they're Batman films, but they're going to be involving other superheroes as main characters as well, so some Justice League movies. And we got a couple of Superman Batman movies. Today it's going to be Superman Batman Apocalypse, which I had totally forgotten it was a sequel to Superman Batman Public Enemies. So right. we totally should have done that one first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I totally forgot until I was watching it. I was I rewatching it. And the, at the beginning, I was like, Lex Luthor, President Impeachment, breaking the thing. I was like, that was, in, that was Superman Batman Public Enemies. And sure enough, I looked it up and, yep, this is a sequel to that movie. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, I, totally like, I didn't too. think of it because the animation is completely different. So, oh, I know. The continuity is so random with these movies sometimes. So I didn't even think of that. So this is a little out of order, but uh, whatever. I yeah. mean, it's a sequel, but it's not really a sequel. I mean, it, no. that, that's another reason why I forgot because nothing yeah. really matters other than some dialogue at the beginning. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we, uh, we watched and are going to talk about. No longer we're going to sit and watch the whole movies as part of the uh the recording so i don't know maybe it'll be a little different maybe it'll move a little better who knows i think so yeah who knows all right so now we're gonna talk a little uh little little batman and superhero news going on because there's there's quite a bit ian there's a lot of stuff going on um and probably the biggest thing is we got some news coming out uh from the uh the matt reeves batman camp Finally, and we have Commissioner Gordon, according I mean, to according to reports, they they've cashed Commissioner Gordon. And this is actually news for me. I've I've yet to hear this. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Jeffrey Wright has been cast as oh, Commissioner okay. Gordon. Okay. And you know, interesting decision. Um, I'm not usually a huge fan of when they change the aspects of the characters because we have yeah. Jeffrey Wright as. A black Commissioner Gordon. But to me, the, I don't know. That that character, I feel like, is a little bit... Uh, like, it's, I feel like, a little bit more... It makes a little bit more sense to be able to do that as yeah. compared to, like, a Superman or a Batman. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the titular characters, I hate it when they do that. But for me, it's, as long as the actor still feels like the character, even if it doesn't necessarily... Yeah. You know, look, but to me, like, yeah, Jeffrey Wright. Hearing that, I'm like, okay, no, yeah, I think I could... he's gonna be. A, I think he's gonna be a great Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, so that's why I don't mind. I, again, like, I hate the whole gimmicky, like, oh, Alfred needs to be a woman, yeah, which that, that would yeah. be too much. That's dumb. But to me, it's like, yeah, it's like James Bond. Like, I don't care if James Bond is black if you get someone who's right. good, sure, and fits the character. But and this is a perfect case of that where, yeah, it's like I, I you know, I should be like, oh, annoyed about they're doing this, but no, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, that's that's perfect. It is, oh, I think it's great. I mean, and I just, I just saw him because he was in the Goldfinch. Oh yeah, and he's one of the best parts of that movie. That was not a very good movie. Um, 
And he, he's, he's good even, at everything. Even thinking of, like, even just thinking of his performance in that movie, I'm just like, yeah, I, I see him playing the moral police commissioner who works with Batman. Like, I, I get it. Like, it to- I totally yeah. can see it. And it makes like to me, I just I picture him as Felix Slater in Casino Royale, and it's perfect. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the perfect voice. Just give him mustache. He's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, I totally okay. Agree. So Jeffrey Wright, Commissioner Gordon, Robert Pattinson as Batman. Ooh, that's um, gonna be interesting. Starting to starting to take shape, and uh, and then of course we got Jonah Hill, who's been reportedly in talks for the film. Um, yeah, that confirmed. No, not confirmed yet, but uh, but offers are officially out to him. But people don't know exactly what for. We've heard pretty much equal things, say Penguin and um, the Riddler. Which, I mean, all logic points to Penguin. I mean, I don't want to right. cast or you know, fat shame or whatever. I don't because it's not even fat anymore. But it's but like at the when, same when you... time, if you think of his personality in movies. Yeah, that would lend itself more to Riddler than even the Penguin. He's not I usually just... this suave aristocrat, no type character. So, I, so to me, I... I I can see the argument for both of them, but I don't feel like he's perfect for either of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I just I can't see him as Riddler. Um, I just well the thing I is mean... he's he's super thin now. So if you think oh, of sure. him like thin shaved head, more well, of like that. the more of like the uh, more recent iterations of the Riddler in the comics yes. and everything. Yeah. Like I, I could see it. I, I don't know if I would prefer that, but it, I, I can, to, I could kind of see it to me. Like it's not even the physical part. I just can't see him as like the hyper intellectual, you know, yeah. thinks so highly of himself, clever. That just doesn't, I, that doesn't scream Jonah Hill to me. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. But yeah. again, we've seen weird casting things, especially with comic book villains that then sure. have ended up being good. So, you know, sure. who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Um, but again, nothing's been confirmed with him as of as of now. So yeah. we'll see if we get some more stuff coming up, hopefully soon. I mean, the movie's set sure. to come out, what, like a little over, you know, like a year and a half? Yeah, uh, June A little over a year and a half. So... And they, I think they start filming like the end of the year. So they, yeah, yeah, I they think got, I so. think they're supposed to start at like the, turn, the end of the end of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, sure, well, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more. Yeah. And then uh, Joker's coming out next week. So yes. Next time. No, no, it won't be next time. Next time we record, it'll be right before we all right. get to see uh, the Joker because we usually record on like Wednesday or Thursday because our ep- these episodes come out on Friday, and yeah, we'll so that'll be you know. I'll probably have just seen Joker on Thursday night, so... Yeah, you'll probably see it that night, yeah. Probably. So, you know, we'll see. Again, I have hopes that it's at least a good movie. Um, everything seems like ah. it is. Um, I've just, you know, I, I've pretty much got it hammered in that this is not the Joker, and... Right. I've gotten That's that, what I'm trying to do. I've gotten that in there, so I feel like I'm ready just to watch Joaquin Phoenix play this crazy character that goes nuts. Same. And yeah, I have... Right. <laughs> and to me, that's very appealing. <laughs> Especially just yeah, I mean, I, yeah, because yeah, the the more I've 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 told myself that yeah, this isn't Joker. Don't think of trying not to think of it in terms of like Batman context. Right. The more I kind of find myself being more interested in just seeing yeah. what happens in this movie. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. 
Um, there's not a whole lot of other superhero news other than the fact that Michael Rosenbaum is not going to be in Crisis and Infinite Earths. Yeah, damn shame. It is a shame. Um, but uh, at least from the way he described it, it makes sense. Yeah, I feel like he's also Rosenbaum just being like OG Rosenbaum be like, nah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and he's kind of done that his whole career. He's been like, no, I don't have to do that. Yeah, he's great. (laughs) Which is, yeah, which is fair. But the way he described it, he's like, yeah, they said like last minute, gave me no information and no money. And so I was like, uh, and like needed to know like that day or something like that. And he's like, okay, well then no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love how, I love how honest he is. (laughs) Like, and you're thinking about it. You're like, how many times have have you been like, you know, doing something or in the day? And then one of your friends is like, hey, we're going out to do this tonight. Are you in or out? And you're like, no. Yeah. (laughs) No, No, I'm not doing that. Like, it totally makes sense. You were telling me to do it tomorrow, maybe, but not now. Yeah, like I, I absolutely get that. I think he had like a fa- I think he just had a family member pass away too, or so- something. Oh, okay. Like there was a bunch of stuff, and it's like, yeah, of course. So more more yeah. power to you. Disappointing for us, but you know, fair fair enough. Um, yeah, do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, again, I'm excited about that, even though sure. it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, even though I have no idea it, it, how good it's gonna be, but all the crossovers have been good so far. Even though the shows have. haven't been that good, the the crossovers no. have so. We'll see. Oh, yeah, and then there's really stupid news. Apparently, there's going to be an all-female spinoff of Arrow, which I don't <laughs> know what that means. Like, what? Oh, yeah. What? I, I saw that and just had to laugh. Wait a minute. So, does that mean one of the characters is going to be a new Green Arrow? Otherwise, how can it be a... I don't, I don't know. Is it just going to be, I, like, I, another bird? I, I think it's just going to be Birds of Prey. Just They're probably just not going to call it that. I, I guess. I mean, like again, I have no idea what's going on with Arrow, so I, I couldn't yeah, no, I don't even care. begin to fathom. But I'm like, okay, yeah, that's is that how you're gonna win back fans? Like, I don't know. well, right now there's virtually no male characters in the CW verse anymore. Really? Um, not really. These are the shows. You'll have this all female Arrow spinoff, Batwoman, oh, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and The Flash. Yeah. And Supergirl and uh, Legends of Tomorrow is led by. Uh, whoever one of the female black canaries yeah. i mean it's yeah. literally all female cw shows now which okay whatever i don't i don't care i, future, I haven't been, I haven't been watching them anyway fe- yeah no god no <laughs> so yeah i'm still waiting on batman to come out so that i can watch the first two episodes and rail on it oh um, batwoman yeah yeah and then never see it again so oh, i'm gonna do that i'm gonna but... watch it enough just to be justified in my hatred of it <laughs> And You're braver it. than I am. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So next yeah. week, of course, we're gonna be just just with the way we do the podcast, we'll be we'll we'll be about a week behind talking about Joker. Unfortunately, yeah. who knows if it's something really revolutionary? Maybe we'll like record something extra. Who knows? But more than likely, yes. we'll just be a week late. And oh well. Yeah. Who cares? And that will be that case. Right. But. Right. So, you know what? I want to. I want to. I want to add a little bit more because. Because we are doing it differently now where, you know, we're just going to talk about the movie and we're not necessarily having to watch an hour, or hour and a half or two hour movie. Mm. I, I feel like I liked I kind of liked last week when we were talking about other movies that we've been watching. So I think our show could be split into three parts from now on where we talk about the movies we've been watching. We talk about the movie swap movies and then we talk about the like Batman Justice League movie that we watched. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, I'm down. All right, so let's start off with just uh, Ian. What have you been watching this week? Uh, not a whole lot compared to last week. Um, I saw the Sisters Brothers. 
uh, a movie with Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Reilly. Yeah, this is Western, kind of like indie film that came out a couple years ago. Heard good stuff, watched it. Yeah, I didn't really like it. It nothing really stood out. I mean, it's got a great cast. You got Joaquin Phoenix, John C. Riley, Jake Gyllenhaal, Riz Ahmed. Um, and just I don't, you know, like there's really no plot. And my God, when there is a plot, it, it just like ends abruptly. And like I, I don't even know what it's supposed to be. If it's a comedy, it's not very funny. If it's like a drama, it's not very like engaging. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was just big, just big eh for me. So uh, that was kind of disappointing. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I've never seen it. I never really even heard of it except for vaguely about the Walking Phoenix movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not really missing anything. But um, yeah, after that, then I saw a movie called Night Hunter, which I was excited to see because I saw the trailer and it looked really interesting. Um, it's got a great cast. It got freaking Henry Cavill, Alexandria Daddario, Stanley Tucci, Ben Kingsley, Nathan Fillion. Uh, and a whole bunch of other people. And it's about, like, um, this, like, serial killer who had a bunch of, like, girls in his basement. He gets caught. And, like, you know, the police think it's over. But then he keeps, like, killing people and stuff. And, then, you know, it's this whole kind of game of, like, cat and mouse and what's going on. Hmm. But, uh, oh, boy, was it was it just not good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's like a first-time writer-director who did, like, no research. So, like, nothing makes sense, like, the, the, like all the cop stuff is totally you can tell just like made up and you got from watching like other cop shows like that sounds like us doing this podcast yeah kind of yeah <laughs> but somehow even more incompetent and just again like more talent involved but you know squandered yeah um because yeah all the act all the actors are wasted um it's a freaking other director who when using henry cavill is like oh i'm just gonna make him serious and angry the whole movie it's like no dude it's like the dude is like charming and and like charismatic it's like don't make him a just a block of wood right um but yeah it's oh god it just it, like it wanted to be so smart but oh my god by the end of it i was like i'll oh, just turn it off but luckily it's only like 90 minutes so that helps yeah that one that one's a big dud yeah and then um other than movie swap one the last one i saw recently was a movie called only the brave uh, which I don't know if you had heard about. It came out a year or two ago, I think. Yeah, about I, I don't know. It's based on a real story about all those firemen who were killed in that wildfire a couple of years back. Okay. Um, I totally forgot that it was based on the true story. And like halfway through, I was like, oh, yeah, this is based on a true story. I'm like, yeah, like I remember this being like, you know, a bunch of firefighters died, like nine or ten or something, like really crazy. Mm-hmm. And freaking, you get to the movie, and literally, it's it's about the granite top, um, like national parks, like forest fire. They're not like your typical firefighters, uh, you know, in a city. They like they they help you know contain wildfires and stuff. And right. there was this really bad one. I forget where they are. Somewhere like in the Midwest, like Montana or something. And and uh, it's got I mean, it's got a great cast. You got um, Josh Brolin, Jennifer Connelly. Jeff Bridges, Taylor Kitsch, uh, Miles Teller, who's like the main character, um, and yeah, it's about like Miles Teller, who's kind of like a druggie, and he jo- he joins this you know fire crew, and, and he really like makes something out of his life, and really gets brought into his brotherhood and stuff. But dude, oh my god, the ending is a tearjerker because I forgot just how like bad the real life story was, mm-hmm. but um, but it was really good actually. It's I mean, it's a lot like the Peter Berg movies, you know, like Patriot's Day, 
Deepwater Horizon, Lone Survivor. Um, but I, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's better than most of those. Maybe not, maybe not Lone Survivor because I love that movie. But Lone Survivor is awesome. Yeah, that one's great. Um, but I, I definitely Lone like Survivor is like top five war movies. Yeah, and like the the crazy story about that is that literally he wanted to make that movie for years. And the stupid studio is like, no, we just don't think it make it any money. What are you like, talking about? Lone Survivor with Peter Berg? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he he wanted to make it because I mean, you hear that story like, my, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, and the stupid studio is like, no, it's R rated. It's about the, you know, war in Afghanistan. It'd be kind of you know controversial. They're like, so they wouldn't give him the money. So finally, it's like, okay, what can I do to finally get the money? And they're like, well, we have a movie called Battleship. We really want it to be made. <laughs> And I kid you not, that was the only way he got funding for Lone Survivor. And here's the best part. Lone Survivor had like a quarter of the budget and it made way more than freaking Battleship <laughs> at the box office. Well, yeah. So, so, yeah, if you need any more proof that studios have no idea what they're doing, there's that. Oh, but um, but no, funny. Only the Brave is is really good. Uh, like, if you don't know anything too much about the story, like, go ahead and watch it before you read anything because it'll just, it'll hit you that much harder. Like, I've... That was, I mean, I've, I've cried at, you know, a good number of movies, and that was a solid cry. Wow. Yeah, so I definitely recommend that one. If, if Ian's crying at a movie, it must, I mean, something must be happening. That's yeah. that's for sure. That I is mean, for sure. I mean, the ending is brutal, but it, it's an incredible story. But, yeah, definitely check that one out. Awesome. Yeah, that's so we, it, yeah. we got some We got some interesting ones in there, that's for sure. Um, I haven't seen nearly as many movies this week as i have over the past couple of weeks um just a little bit a little bit more going last weekend was brutal that's that's one of the biggest reasons yeah i saw your uh, rambo review okay yeah yeah i saw (laughs) i've seen two movies in the theater coming out or that that are out i saw rambo and i saw ad astra so with rambo i mean okay i mean Look, I I love Sylvester Stallone and I love the Rambo movies, eh, except for three. Three is not good. Um, but like, I one is obviously an actual film and is very oh, well done and everything. And two is awesome. Yeah. I love watching two. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, threes they it's not it's not great. And then but the one that they did like ten years ago or or fifty or twelve years ago or whatever it was the that was good. The fourth one was I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, yeah, the, only, the only thing wrong with that was all the CGI blood was terrible. Eh, yeah, yeah, sure, but it was fun because it was just sure. a it was just a Rambo shoot 'em up movie, and that's all we really want at this point. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I really wanted with this movie, and <laughs> well, look, I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't good. It, it was not a good movie. It was a pretty bad movie, to be honest. Cool. Um, there's really no action until the last like quarter of the movie that's so dumb it it really is there's like a couple of action scenes there's a scene where he like almost gets killed by getting beaten up by like 30 thugs uh there's a really brutal scene of him interrogating a guy that i i don't even want to mention because you have you just should get the shock of watching it um he does something i've never seen in any interrogation scene and there's pretty brutal ones and this is up this is this is up there. I mean, th- this is more brutal than the uh, steering wheel thing in Man on Fire. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, let's just say it involves holding on to bones. I'll just oh. I'll just put it that way. 
Um, this movie pulls zero punches with graphic violence, which is great, and that's what we're there for. Right. But it just is so slow. Like, they try so hard to tell this story with him and his niece. God. But nothing i don't know any of these characters i have no idea what's going on i don't know <laughs> who this girl they just they she's just his niece there's there's no way there's any actual relation and if there is they never explain it the mom has died the dad has left but you have no idea why or why rambo is living why they're living with rambo and then there's like a housekeeper that's the caretaker for the girl i don't know where she came into any of this it's like none of that you don't understand any of that, which again is fine if they're not trying to focus on that, which they are throughout yeah, most of the movie. I, so I, I don't care about these people. And then, you know, she wants to go find her dad. She goes to Mexico, even though Rambo tells her not to. And of course gets sold into sex slavery. Could you is, say, as Andy Dwyer put it, does not go well. <laughs> I was thinking that. scrawny christians missionaries come to him and they're like are you john rambo he's like yeah they're like we need you to take us up river he's like it's a war zone up there and they're like yeah we know we're gonna change things and he's like you bringing any weapons they're like of course not they did not change anything go home and then they come back in a rainstorm this time he says nope go home they go home again. Bottom line, they go up river. Does not go well. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was thinking that the whole time. Uh, that is, look, I'm not even a Parks and Rec fan because I just can't stand Amy Poehler. And so I just can't get into the show. But whenever people show me clips of, of other characters, it's always great. And that is one of my favorite all-time TV clips. And it's a show I don't even watch. Oh, my of, God, yeah. Of, of Andy explaining all his favorite movies to everyone. <laughs> and he's talking about Rambo, of course, the the newer, the most recent right, right. Rambo. And he's like... Doing a scene for scene that? reenactment, yeah. That is, awesome memory. That is so, so funny. It's just like, <laughs> we're going to change things. Like, do you bring any guns? No? <laughs> then you're not changing anything. Like, <laughs> just word for word. <laughs> yeah but the the thing you were talking about where he's like so they go anyway does not go well and yeah that that that's basically what what it felt like and i that went through my mind which is funny you know and and that is and again this movie is i mean it is brutal i mean she i mean she is sold into sex slavery and there's no rambo comes in to save the day before anything happens like you know there's a process of him trying to find these people Right. And uh, there's exactly probably three and a half action scenes. One, he gets the crap beat out of him and almost dies. Two, he interrogates that one guy. Three, he does find her and ends up going to town on a handful of people. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, which is what most of the trailers are because it's all the action. God. We have Home Alone Rambo, and it's (laughs) awesome. Like, that is awesome. I don't even care... What what ma- what it doesn't even matter. The cartel people come to his house, and it is great from there on out. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. brutal. I mean, it is like the only scene that reminded me. It reminded me a lot of the ending of Equalizer. I was gonna say yeah when you mentioned Home Alone. Yeah, you know, like in the Home Depot, which I still don't understand why a horror movie hasn't been set in a hardware store. Like I know. that was a brilliant idea, and it's awesome. 
it's basically very similar to that. The one guy just using all these various weapons, just absolutely annihilating all these people in the most gruesome way possible. Yeah. And it was one of those things where you're sitting there and most of the time, right before uh, one of the traps or whatever goes off, like you, you know, like a split second before it happens and then it mm-hmm. happens and everyone's just like, Oh, and everyone just <laughs> starts fun. and everyone just starts like grossed out laughing, which, yeah, yeah. which is, it was the best. So look, it's not a good movie. The dialogue's not great. The acting's not great. It's a little too slow. There's not enough action. Was yeah. it worth it? Yes, because the ending, the ending's worth it alone, and it, and again, if you end the movie strong, it makes everything feel a little bit better when you're leaving, so. It does, yeah, for sure. So, I'll give them that. They give you what you want by the end, you just have to wait for it a little bit, uh, you know, you have to wait a little, a little for it, but it definitely gives it to you in the end, so. Horrible? Nah. Worth it? Yes. Do, okay. do I hope they make another one? No, but. It's fine. If you're yeah, if you're a Rambo fan, it's worth seeing for sure. Sure. Uh, then I saw Ad Astra. Rave reviews for the uh, film yeah. community for that one. It was okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I feel like I might just not appreciate the same things that the high art film society feels. Um. Mm. As as a movie, I really didn't think it was that great. I think the script is really bad. As far as like the the story itself, but that's not what it's about, right? Um, you know, it's about it's basically like Interstellar. If Interstellar had zero action and was really slow, that that's yeah. and had just one character. That that's that's it was very similar to kind of the feel of Interstellar. Oh, sure. yeah. Um, beautifully shot. It's shot by the same guy. It has the same DP as Interstellar. Oh, Wally Feister. Yeah, and so. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. That's great. The yeah. space stuff is great. Um, it does a good job, like The Martian, where it's making science fiction seem plausible. Right. Most of the time. The Martian, to me, does a way better job of being a believable film than this does. Mm. Um, it's set a little bit farther in the future, and it's basically just Brad Pitt as a character contemplating different things and realizing different things and dealing with having suppressed emotions for so long and oh. and stuff you know because it's him trying to find his father, his father. who he thought yeah. was dead and then isn't dead Tommy Lee Jones and he does basically everything himself for most of the movie he's by himself so as I mean Brad Pitt is phenomenal that that's the that's the best part of the movie for sure. I mean the 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 subtlety that he plays this character with is really unlike anything I've ever seen. Oh. He does very 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 little and it's really impressive on just okay. how reserved he's able to play the character. Um the scenes with him by himself in this long space mission they really try and delve into the psyche of just the loneliness and of that as he kind of starts to go crazy a little bit as he's mm. like by himself for, I don't remember how long it was. They, they, they make the time go way, way shorter. Like, you know, they're going to, at one point he's going to Neptune and oh, it's going to take yeah. like, <laughs> eight, like 80 days or something like that. I'm like, wow, oh, it took them like yeah. two years to get to Mars in the Martian. So again, yeah, yeah. all that's 
doesn't really matter. It's but still, I mean, that's still a very long period of time to be by yourself. So sure, yeah. it it delves into all that stuff. That's all really well done. I thought the the relationship aspect was very strange oh. with the, with the father, but I think is effective and I think is done pretty well. Both characters play pretty well. Um, I don't know how to. I can't fully explain it without just spoiling the whole thing. Um, yeah, but. The the plot is what absolutely made zero sense. Yeah, it just no kind sense. of never. It's never, all like, plot devices just to move story forward. Nothing yeah. is explained and nothing makes any sense. Um, so you really don't have any idea what's going on other than he's trying to find his dad, which is the main focus, and I get it. But I still want to have right. some sort of making sense of a plot. So yeah, that it... that to me wasn't done well. Um, but most people just don't care, I guess, which, which is, is weird. Fine. Cause like some of the same people who are raving about this movie are the same ones who like nitpick, like, like Endgame, like, Oh, so many, right. you know, conveniences like, well, like where does it, well, I guess this movie has like more visuals and, you know, art to, to appreciate than obviously Endgame, but it's like, yeah, yeah I it's think weird just cause it's, it's an art. Such... I think just cause it's an artistic movie, people just look past things kinda, and that, yeah, that annoys me. Gets away with it. Yeah, I mean, I I can kind of get that, but yeah, well, I, I feel like I would feel the same way because I I know I can picture exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I saw it with my dad, which I heard multiple people writing things of how it made it was so emotional and it made them cry, and they were with their father or whatever, and I was like, eh, that that didn't do anything for me. My dad hated it. <laughs> uh, so to be honest, my dad made me like the movie a little bit more oh, <laughs> because wow. of how much he absolutely hated that movie. Ow. And so, and, and see, and I agree with certain aspects, but like he was hating on the wrong parts of the movie most of the time. And so therefore I ended up appreciating <laughs> it, it a little bit more cause it's definitely not bad. Yeah. How's um, the, uh, how's the runtime? Is it like, no, it's like two, it's two hours. It feels That's long. Good. Okay. Yeah. Again, it is really slow. Yeah, it at least it's not slow. like two and a half or three, though. True. True. Um, but but again, I, I think I think it's overrated as far as what people have thought. But that's just because of the way I enjoy movies. Sure. I enjoy plots. I enjoy characters. Um, every now and then, a movie can be exciting enough, or the characters can be good enough, or their kiss- chemistry can be good enough, where a plot doesn't matter as much. Hey, well, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sure, sure. There's not even a plot, and it's great. No. Um, but stuff is happening. Very little is actually happening. It's very much an internal movie and a move looking at a person's psyche and what they're going through and stuff. Yeah. Um, so as far as that, all that's good. And Brad Pitt's great. And to be honest, the guy, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brad Pitt's up for two Oscars, and if he's up for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. For well, once, apparently, once upon a apparently, time, and for uh, Ad Astra, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, apparently he's gonna focus on Ad Astra though, and um, not like split the vote or like yeah. campaign too much for both. But yeah, apparently he's gonna like not campaign for Once Upon a Time, which is a shame. But yeah, he's like, pull he's pulling the uh, the Leonardo Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, not wanting to do The split Departed the because of an ensemble movie, and instead focusing on the other one that he did more by himself, and yep. did not go well. <laughs> um, in the words of of Andy Dwyer, but Andy Dwyer. Uh, anyway, we're seeing, yeah, 
Will I see it again? I don't know. I, it might be one of those I would appreciate it more a second time. I, I right. don't know, but I, I don't really have too much of a desire to see it again at this point. So yeah. it was good. I, I definitely yeah. think it was good. I just don't think it was as good as everyone else said. Yeah, I'm sure I'll check it out. Um. So anyway, that was very long. Both of those are very <laughs> long. Uh, I saw Over the Top. That was a lot of fun. Sylvester Sloan. Been meaning to see that one for a while. He's a trucker in the 80s. And arm wrestles and is one of, and is like the best arm wrestler in the world, and has a kid who he didn't know really, who he just kind of met, and that's pretty much it. That's all he need. And it's 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 great. It's <laughs> an, exactly it's, what you think. It is. It's exactly it's exactly what it sounds like. It doesn't deviate from that, and it was enjoyable. So <laughs> I got nothing else to say about over the top. If you like 80s cheesy semi-action movies with Sylvester Stallone and a kid arm wrestling, then by all means, ha- have a good time, because I had a good time watching it. Nice. Um, and then I watched City Heat, also. Uh, 1984, the only time Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood are in the sa- are in a same movie together. Oh, yeah. It's a period movie set in the 30s, I believe, uh, with uh, Burt Reynolds being like a private investigator and uh, Eastwood being a police lieutenant. It's set in Kansas City, which is a little strange. Mm. You don't see too many movies set in Kansas City. No. And you have no idea it's Kansas City because it's 1933 and everything looks the same. God, yeah. Um, It's a movie that was disappointing. This movie has mm. really bad reviews on everything you look at. Um, oh, wow. I don't think it's as bad as everyone else says, but it's definitely not great. It, it, to be honest, this movie is even worse because it just should have been so much better. I mean, yeah, just given that, you know, that pairing is like, yeah. you got two iconic legends. It's like you would expect something memorable. Yeah, it, it should have been great, and instead it's just fine. Um, yeah. It doesn't really know what it wants to be because it's like a buddy mm-hmm. cop movie, but... There's a lot of stuff played for comedy, but yet I don't think it's it's not a straight comedy, so it's it's kind of weird. And most of the jokes do not hit. Like you see all of them, and you're like, oh yeah, they thought that was funny, and it's not. Funny. Yeah, it's not really like a funny time period either. It's like yeah, it's kind of hard to do a funny movie set in the 30s. <laughs> it is, yeah. uh, but there were a couple of gags that were very funny. Clint Eastwood is the best character in the movie. And he's oh, Burt wow. Reynolds is kind of the main character, but Clint Eastwood is just hilarious because he's playing the Clint Eastwood super serious uh, cop who gets very you know like used to be partners with Burt Reynolds before Reynolds went off on his own and uh. doesn't really like him. And there's just a lot there's a lot of moments where Burt Reynolds just getting the crap beat out of him by different people, <laughs> and and uh, Clint Eastwood's just sitting there like drinking his coffee at at the diner while. Burt Reynolds getting beat up behind him. I can picture that. And then um, all of a sudden, like, one of the guys, like, accidentally bumps into Clint Eastwood and he spills his coffee. And you see his face, like, contort and, like, one of his (laughs) eyes flickers. And then he just gets up and beats the crap out of everyone. That same, that gag happens several times and it's funny every time. That's pretty funny. (laughs) So there's a few funny things, but it's just kind of, it's just kind of fine. A little disappointing on what it it should have been. Yeah. But anyway, so those are the movies I've seen, and then of course I saw our movie swap movie, which is uh, what we're going to talk about now. 
So now it's time for Movie Swap, where me and Ian each pick a movie that the other one needs to see that they haven't seen yet. <laughs> and uh, I guess well, I've I guess I've been talking for a while. So, Ian, I had you watch American Graffiti. Um, yes. That was definitely not the movie I was planning on having you watch last week. There was many more movies that I wanted you to watch before that one, oh. but I, I couldn't decide between a couple of them, so I just decided to pick one from like all these different decades and have you pick a decade, and you just happened to pick that one. Um, oh, so okay. I was like, oh, crap. Oh, well. Um, you can watch that then. <laughs> oh, no, it worked out because, no, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, I, I guess Dazed and Confused is basically a, an homage to American graffiti because it's yeah. pretty much the same story. It's, you know, last night of summer before these high school kids move on, you know, go to college. And it's literally just like, again, talk about movies that don't really have a plot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just them driving around, but this is set in 61, 62, I think. Um, it's set in 62, 62. Yeah. Cause they mentioned Kennedy as president. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Richard Dreyfus, a very young Richard Dreyfus, my God. Uh, Very young Ron Howard. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like right before... I think this is right before Happy Days, Ron Howard. Okay. Let's see, man. This is a 73... I think this... I think Happy Days started 74, but I could be Hmm. wrong. Maybe it was going on at the time. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's it's right around the same time. This is is right around in the 70s when the 50s became popular in retro... Like, 50s nostalgia became really big. Kind of like how 80s nostalgia is now. Yep. So, there was a lot of that. And obviously, Happy Days is the prime example. Yeah, yeah. But no, like, I I really enjoyed it. Um, It's, like, it's hard to say what exactly, like, you know, they they pull off so well in this movie. I mean... Mm -hmm. Definitely the characters. I mean, they all feel real. They feel like high school students. Um, it's, you know, it, it's not like, I don't know. It's just, I mean, obviously it's very nostalgic for that time period. I mean, I love a lot of the music and, of course, the cars and stuff. And it is cool. Just like, like you, you're jealous. Like, oh, man, I wish I could, you know, go back to high school. You know, we're like, come the weekend, everybody just drove around and, <laughs> you know, like went from car to car and just met up at the, uh, the drive-in or whatever. It's like, ah, oh, such a. A simpler time but now it's like i really liked um the what was it the john milliner character yeah uh, I mean, he's great yeah him and the little girl was so good <laughs> um that was a uh, paul lamatt paul Matt, yeah yeah um I and then, who the little uh, girl is. it was a uh, mckenzie phillips i think yeah 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 um but they're I, I great li- they, they're they're like really kind of like the heart of the movie because yeah ron howard and and his girlfriend are the typical like you know I guess like valedictorian, or I mean like you know, star-studded couple of high school, the cheerleader, and I guess he's a an athlete. They say at one point or something. <laughs> Doesn't really look like it. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Like, uh, like ha- the... Happy Days started the next year, '74. So this was oh, the go. year before yeah. Happy Days, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, I mean, yeah. It's, and then oh my god, when freaking Harrison Ford shows up, <laughs> and like, okay. he, I mean, he... yeah, I gotta talk. That that might be my favorite scene in the movie is. When he first meets John, um, like while they're driving, yeah, that yeah. is hilarious. Oh, Harrison Ford is great. About, oh, he's so good. I mean, you, making like, fun of his car and the color yeah. of it is—he's like that's between like uh, piss yellow and puke green. And <laughs> oh, that is that that scene is very great. That scene, yeah. Great. I mean, like as soon as he comes on screen, you just feel that charisma. You're like, okay, I I can see why. 
immediately George Lucas is like, yeah, this guy's going to be Han Solo. Cause like no, before no, that, but like, he didn't think that he was in Han really? Solo till way, way later. Oh yeah. yeah I keep forgetting. You don't know anything about star Wars. Uh, I mean, that, but, okay. That, so this was like his first big movie though, right? Yes. 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 It was, but he was not going to be Han Solo. And I don't, Oh, it was because he, George Lucas wanted zero known actors to right. play the, th- the three main characters. And, but and Harrison Ford wasn't like huge, but he had you know he was known from some mm. of these roles, and so what he did was he was friends with him, and he was just reading the Han Solo parts during the auditions, like for the other against the other people who were auditioning, just to right. help out. And then eventually he was just like he's he's doing a better job than these people are, well, yeah. and and ended up you know going against what he had originally wanted to do, and did cast him in a course. It's probably the yeah. smartest move George Lucas ever did. Yeah, George Lucas really did stumble into a lot of success. Yeah, um, that's yeah, yeah a little. <laughs> uh, but now, like you know, when he's on screen, is is absolutely fantastic. Um, the whole storyline with like the nerdy guy and the, the yeah, chick he meets <laughs> is is great. Uh, freaking <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss getting like inducted into that game, the Pharaohs. Um, that was great. But but no, it's like I don't know. It's it's again. There's no really plot, but it's so. Well, it's just know. it's just a day in the life movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, and it's great because it's a you know it's an interesting time period. All the characters are really well done. All the actors are are great. The cars um, are awesome. I mean, yeah, the cars are great. Again, I love a lot of the music from back then. Like mm-hmm. I love the Beach Boys and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, um, it's it, I mean I can see why it's a classic and of. I, like I didn't think you, I don't know. This didn't strike me as a movie that you would really like. But then again, I didn't think you would like La La Land. So I'm constantly learning new things about you. But this is definitely no, a movie I watched because of uh, George Lucas' first movie. I was gonna say, <laughs> and and because Happy Days. Um, oh, okay. I, I didn't realize you were big into Happy Days. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big Happy Days fan. That's my dad's favorite show of all time. And oh wow. And I yeah. So I no I love I love that show. And this is basically an extension of. You know, this was like the pre-Happy Days. I mean, yeah, type, Although, type movie. So, um, I did have one question: Is this is like the characters are they based on like real people that George Lucas knew or something? I have um, no, I have no idea. Because the only thing that threw me off was the ending where they do like the the like here's what happened to this character. Maybe like they treat it like the real people. It's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, well, that's also that was done a lot back then. I mean, they do that in Animal House, which oh, was only true. like five years later. Yeah, yeah, it was just weird to see. I was like, "Oh wow!" Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I do like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad we don't see it anymore. But yeah, but but you can say that, a, a, you know, about a lot of things in this movie. But no, I I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't think I would enjoy it this much. But um, yeah, well, yeah, it's so definitely it's definitely an underrated movie that doesn't get nearly enough talk about nowadays. That yeah, is, I mean, a, like, it's, like, it's, yeah. People people mention it because it's so like iconic, but yeah, they don't they don't talk about it just like how good it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is it's just in it's just fun. It's just it an really enjoyable is. movie to watch. It's it goes by really quickly, and yeah, I think I, it it it's edited. It the pace is fantastic, and it keeps oh, you yeah. engaged the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, and again, I like it a lot better than Days and Confused. Like Days me and too. Confused is is funny, and, and there's a lot of great stuff, but. This one just feels like, I mean, obviously like more wholesome and I don't know. It just feels like it has like kind of more heart to it. Kind of more, I don't know, like it would be, it's, I guess it's similar to more of a, um, you know, um, God, what's his name? Ferris Bueller. Uh, I'm blanking. 
Matthew did all Broderick? The, uh, no, did all the 80s movies. The, the oh, direct. John Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah, it kind of feels more of like that, but in a different style. Whereas Days of Confuse is kind of more like cynical and like, I don't know, like harsher in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie's way funnier than Days and Confused. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some hilarious parts in Days and Confused. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but, sure. But, but, yeah, I, overall, but I'm definitely not as much of a fan of Days and Confused as a lot of people are. I think it's fine, yeah. and I, I, yeah. I enjoy it, but it's definitely not up there as a yeah, movie like it, I really rewatch. Yeah, like, it starts off really well, and then, like, by by the halfway point, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm done. Like, the excitement of, it, like, you know, the school year and everything was kind of worn off and now we're just kind of stuck with his characters but this yeah. yeah this is like you actually really care about everybody and and it just you know it's actually building towards something too yeah 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 definitely. so very good all right so uh so that's what Ian watched I watched a movie I've been meaning to watch for pff, 10 years I don't know a long time yeah finally watched 310 to Yuma western movie from when no western movies really made came out in no, 2007 2000- I was going to say, yeah. And uh, Russell Crowe and Christian Bale to remake of 1956 or something. I don't remember which year it was. Movie of the same name. And this might be the best Western of the uh, 2000s decade. Because it it's a lot of fun. I, th- this it's... is a movie I knew I was going to like for the longest time. I just, I just hadn't gotten around to seeing it. Mm-hmm. And so finally, finally sat down and watched it and... This movie is just entertaining from start to finish. Oh, God, yeah. And it is heavily because of the performances of Russell Crowe and Christian Bale, which is no surprise at all that either of those two would be good in a movie. Yeah. Um, but my favorite was Russell Crowe. Uh, I liked Russell Crowe more than Christian Bale in this movie because of just that character that he's playing was just so dang entertaining. Oh, yeah. Like he the the suave, like sarcastic Careless. bad guy yeah. who knows he's better than everybody, and so yeah. therefore isn't worried about anything, is one of my favorite characters of all time. Oh, or, wow. or not even bad guy, just just the that that character who is so good and above everything that they can just not care about anything mm-hmm. is I I enjoy that character a lot in movies. Oh, yeah. Um. Which is one reason why I enjoyed Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so much, because he plays that same yeah. type of character. I mean, he's not a bad guy like in this, but he's the, it's that type of attitude. And it's just a cool attitude. Yeah. And it's just fun to watch. I mean, he just chews up every scene that he's in, just with his oh, yeah. face, like without even saying anything. Just the looks that he gives people is just yeah, like, like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and like, you go back and watch it, and it's really cool, because you also know this little stuff about his performance where... Like, his character acts differently when he has his hat on and when he doesn't. It's like, when he has his hat on, he's, like, he's, like, a little bit more, he's, like, ultimate, like, careless, you know, yeah, suave. And then, like, when he when he doesn't have his hat on for, like, the majority of when he's being, like, escorted and stuff, he's, like, a little bit more, like, I don't know, like, approachable and kind of, like, lets his guard down a little bit. Not too much, though. He's still kind of, like, he's still, like, an antagonist for Christian Bale, but you can definitely notice the difference if you go back and watch it. Because, like, when they get to the hotel, he, like, you know, he gets his hat back, and yeah. he's kind of back to, like, oh, I don't care what happens to you or your son. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I never even noticed that, but that's, that's yeah. a good point. I definitely see that now you said that. Yeah, a lot of little stuff like that. Yeah, but that is, uh, that's just great. There, there's, it's one of those movies where you, even though you feel like you know what's going to happen, you still don't really know what's going to happen throughout oh, this movie. Know. It doesn't telegraph anything. No. Um. 
The and I really still have no idea what happened. But really? To me, the ending was very strange. I mean, I mean, it was awesome, but yeah, you know, for those for those of you that don't know, Christian Bale's character and a small group of characters are trying to transfer the captured um, oh shoot, Ben, what's his name? Ben Wade. Ben Wade, which is Russell Crowe, to the train at um at whatever town it was to send him to Yuma prison. Um, and they're trying to do that to show they have law and order or something like that. To me, that wasn't yeah, he's, really explained very well either. I mean, he, he's robbed like 20 stage coaches, you know, right. at this point, like he should be hanged, you know? Right. But, um, he always, it he seems always like it would be much better to just kill him and it's the West. So why not? But I, I, they, they do say at one point, cause the whole thing is that his game is trying to get him back. So they're like, if you hang him, the gang is going to retaliate and just probably murder the whole town that you kill him. In. Whereas, like, if he's in prison, th- right. they have something to work toward and try and, like, you know, escape him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's fair. Um, but it's, you know, this exploits of all these characters trying to transfer him across the, you know, the middle of nowhere west. Yeah. And then it ends with him... Killing his whole gang after they kill Christian Bale, and then getting into the j- into the train in the jail himself. And well, that's yeah, the end he, of the movie. he goes through quite the arc where he you does. Know, obviously, obviously, he doesn't care about anybody, but he really does learn to respect Christian Bale, and yeah. like, because like by the end of it, all the other people escorting Ben are like, "Nah, dude!" Like, because at one point, like the game finally f- catches up to them, and then they literally like in the town they're in, they're like, "Okay, like if you help us break him out." We'll give you like like this much money. And so yeah. Like, so the whole town is now yeah. uh, going after them. Yeah. So all the other guys like chicken out, and Christian Bale is like, now nah, like I need to support my family, so I'm actually gonna do this, even though I'm probably gonna die. Right. And you can tell that already, you know, is like okay, that's pretty impressive. But then it really changes it for uh, Russell Crowe when he finds out like when Christian Bale tells him he's not a hero about him in the war, and like you know the only combat he saw they were in retreat, and he goes shot off by his own man and that's mm-hmm. why like his his sons never respected him and you really see that change in, in russell crowe where like he, he then be like actively helps him like get on the train you know <laughs> right. it's great and so like you know he he does it um and then he mentions that he's already escaped from yuma like three times right. so which is kind of funny but yeah so like when when christian bale is killed you know he he feels like betrayed in a lot of ways so like yeah. he he gets on the train to kind of honor his last memory like you know honor the last thing he did but you know he whistles for his horse so you right. know he's gonna escape right but um, right. but now for me the I, I yeah i love i love russell crowe christian bale is great too but mm-hmm. dude freaking ben foster as a villain is so because he's got that weird like obsession with russell crowe yeah like it's not like gay or anything but it's like you know he like idolizes him and and like you know he's so defensive about it and it's just great that like you well, know it's it's the uh it's the you know the the crazy second in command yeah character. which i love it is love it's characters. a good character and yeah of all the people man of ben foster playing that it threw me off for a while i know and then it was like okay i'm i'm in i'm sold <laughs> yeah and by the end of it he's he looks crazy and like because yeah he's the one who kills christian bale yeah and like he's all proud about it and like joking and you just see the look on russell crowe's face like Nah, man, you messed up. And then he tries to draw on him, and oh, it's so good. Okay, we got to talk about the other best character in the movie, and it's Alan Tudyk. Yes, playing Doc Potter, 
Oh, Alan Tudyk. Now that guy, this you know, small role, part of the posse, and he's almost he like almost steals half the scenes that he's in. Oh yeah, I mean Alan Tudyk is like one of the best character actors of all time. Like everything oh, he's, he's in, like freaking, he's the best part of Rogue One. And he's not even in the movie. He he does the voice of of the droid, and he's the best part of that movie. It's like. Alan Tudyk is oh I love Alan Tudyk so much. Yeah, I mean just just even the first scene that he's in when he's got to take the <laughs> bullet out of the uh, the bounty Peter hunter. Vonda, yeah. yeah, 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 out of out of Peter Vonda, and, and guy, he like does it, and the guy's like, wait, what? the guy like looks around, and it, there's nothing but like animal pictures everywhere. Yeah. He's like, wait, what type of doctor are you? He's like, well, it's nice to have a conversation with a patient. <laughs> and like so he's, he's not just... even he's not even a human doctor. No. He's like a vet. Yeah, it's just he's like so wholesome too, and like he even gets like a little kind of character arc. But like, because like there's that one asshole who like burned um Christian Bale's like uh, barn, you know? Right. And they're at, and they're at his house, and like the guy's like laughing about it. And he's like, "Did you have something to do with that?" He's like, "I hope you're proud of yourself." And it's like, and, like the guy doesn't <laughs> care. He's just laughing about it. But it's like, yeah, he's like the only wholesome guy in this movie. Other than like he gets killed Christian with Bale. a fork. Oh yeah, yeah. Not not Alan Tudyk, but the the no, one no. douchebag. Yeah, the other guy. Great. Which is one of those guys oh, where I'm like, I, I know that guy in a bunch of movies, oh, he, but he's like the, he's like the bad guy in everything, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that was so that was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit. That was yeah, a easily great the best western. western. Yeah, of the, I mean, last century, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say so. At least from that ten year that decade of like 2000, 2010. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's fantastic. Very, very underrated. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. It did barely. It did made almost no money when it I came know. out, and uh, so yeah, which is a shame because it's it's really good. Great. And it's and we didn't even talk about it, directed by James Mangold, who yeah, is yeah. just awesome. He's been on oh, a yeah. roll as of late. Yeah, I mean, like literally, if it wasn't for that stupid Wolverine movie, he'd be like, you know, he'd be like batting perfect. But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's always good. I mean, even movies I was I, like movies I wouldn't really care about, like Walk the Line. I'm like, ah. Uh, I hate oh, musical Walk biopics. the Line is so good. Yeah, but that movie's great. Yeah, Walk the Line and Logan, definitely his claims to fame for sure. But oh, he's coming sure. out with Ford vs. Ferrari, and I cannot oh, wait I for that. Wait. That looks awesome. Yeah, Christian Bale again. I didn't even think about that. Christian Bale, Matt Damon. That's Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, I'm hearing good things. So, yeah, that was our uh, movie swap from this past week. And so now it's time to pick our next movie. So, uh, Ian... You're going to watch a movie that you definitely need to see. This is an all-time classic. It's arguably, well, if not the best, one of the best coming-of-age movies of all time. You're going to watch the Rob Reiner classic Stand By Me from 1986. Yeah, I figured that was about due. This movie is brilliant. I mean, it is, it's incredible. It is so good. Uh, just Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, all all these kids that are just outstanding. I mean, it is the quintessential like coming of age movie, and there might be a, there might be a better one. There's uh, there's obviously a lot of good ones, but I I couldn't tell you a better one than this movie. It's Stephen King, right? Uh, yeah, based on a Stephen King novella. Or uh, either a novella or a short story, I don't remember, but what well, is based off a Stephen King story? And then, I mean, Rob Reiner, I don't think he's directed a bad movie, and no. this is one of the one of his best. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been meaning to watch this. Like everybody talks about it. Like, like even people who don't really watch movies will bring it up, and like you've seen that, right? I'm like, nah. I'm like, what? 
but um yeah so nice that's that's definitely that's definitely necessary <laughs> yeah and this will be the uh third rob reiner movie i've gotten you to watch oh wow so, it will be yeah very nice you, well, you hey. just you have not you've been severely under uh under appreciating rob reiner in your life i just rewatched princess bride over and over over and over, and over again to, to make up for it well that's that's fair <laughs> but i mean i mean just princess bride Stand by Me, Spinal when Tap, Few Sally. Good Men, When yeah. Harry Met Sally, Misery, The Sure Thing. Yeah. I mean, those that that's incredible. Come on. So but that yeah. is what uh, that's that's what Ian's watching. All right. Well, I originally had uh, like a lock for what I was going to get you to watch, but since talking about Alan Tudyk, I didn't realize you liked him as much as I did. I think it's finally time you watch the movie that I think is my favorite he's ever been in. And that is a Knight's Tale. Wow. Oh. I, I, see, you, you make that sound, <laughs> and I don't know why, because this movie is incredible. All I know is I have I have the, I have equal amounts of people that love this movie and really don't like this movie. It's about I, split 50-50. So I, I have no idea what to expect at this point. The, the only thing I can see people not liking about it is like kind of the weird style where it's obviously set in medieval times, but then they'll have like they'll have like modern music in it. And like, it, it's not like it's a musical movie and they just like, Oh, here's like queen and stuff. But like they incorporate it really well into like the tone and everything. But like, I, I mean, maybe if you don't like that, you would hate this movie, but otherwise, my God, I mean, it's basically like never back down plus like princess bride plus something else. Like it's, Oh, it's like, I mean, Heath Ledger is incredible. The whole supporting cast of like, um, of, yeah, obviously Alan Tudyk and then freaking Paul Bettany and his other friend Mark Addy. Oh, my God. Like, it, it's so good because it's basically like a sports movie set in medieval times. But no, I, I really think you're going to like it because you need to see it. Okay, I'm sold. Once you said never back down, I'm like, all right, I'm in. It's a lot like that. It's, it's the underdog, like, having to, you know, rise up through the ranks of, like, you know, this competition. It's, it's good. It, trust me. Don't don't listen to other people. Wow, the first tagline is he will rock you. And that's not great, but I mean, <laughs> but, it, but it also makes sense. But it also makes sense because <laughs> that like, is horrible. Well, like the, and like the first song they play uh. is "We Will Rock You" by Queen, so I guess they did it for that. But no, but no, don't 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 go off that. Okay, fair fair enough, fair enough. No, you sold me with when you uh, mentioned "Never Back Down" because I never hear that compared to anything. So that's yeah. why I brought it up. I knew that yeah. would. That would hit a nerve with you. For anyone that doesn't know, Never Back Down is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> and it is a good movie. All-time favorite movies. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care about the stupid critics and their 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't really? care about the idiots on uh, on Letterboxd, which site we use for pretty much everything. Uh-huh. I don't care about the stupid people and their underappreciating of this genius movie. <laughs> most underrated movie, and it deserves more respect because it's so much fun. But anyway, that's neither yeah, here that's nor a there. Great movie. Yeah, it's neither here nor there. But all right, so uh, all right. there it is. So for next week's movie swap, I'm gonna watch A Knight's Tale, and Ian is going to watch Stand by Me. Another couple of good ones. Solid. Yeah. All right. Now that we've been talking for forever, let's actually get yeah. into the uh, the reason why we're doing this, and it's because we're talking about Batman. Or uh, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, and I rewatched this movie uh, earlier today. First okay. time I'd seen it in a while, and this is a movie I I like. I always 
have liked and, and always kind of put up there with a movie I really enjoyed. But watching it again, I forgot how much I really enjoyed this movie. This movie's great. And like you, we, you really wouldn't think we would like it this much because, I mean, the biggest thing about this movie is that the title is wrong. Right. Because this is not Superman and Batman, really. No. It's literally Supergirl. This is the Supergirl origin story, and I yeah. don't know why they called it this. She's not even on the poster. Like, it's, uh, like No, she is on the poster as the evil Supergirl. Yeah, it's like really small in the background. But yeah, yeah they, it's not good. They obviously marketed it, you know, solely on you know, Superman and Batman versus like uh, Dark Side. But yeah, I mean, they that, marketed that, it wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's it's blatantly <laughs> wrong. But I mean, it's, it's, it's pulled off in a way where it's not like some of the other recent Batman movies we talked about, which end up being like completely different and dumb. But um, yeah, yeah like they, they pulled off really well. And even though Supergirl is a character I could not care less about, they they actually do a good job of you know making like you actually care about her in this movie. But yeah, they do. Um, one of the biggest things is it brings back Kevin Conroy and Tim Daly and yes. Susan Eisenberg as Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um. So that's obviously a huge that always helps benefit to the movie. Yeah. But the best part about this movie is the Superman and Batman characters are just so refreshingly perfect yeah it's always like this is the problem we've had so many bad interpretations of stuff recently that just just going back to the animated stuff that was yeah. done right is just so nice to watch yeah where they they just get the characters perfectly above everything else so you just see how important that is i mean even look at world's finest it's like to me that's like the the pinnacle of like batman and superman together it's like it's like we don't we don't need all this flashy. We don't need all this gravitas and stupid lofty dialogue. It's like no. just get the core characters right, and everything will fall into place. It's it's true. I mean, just right from the opening, the opening scene, or I guess not the opening scene, but but right after when Superman and Batman and Supergirl are like in the Fortress of Solitude, just the way. Batman is acting in the situation, and the way Superman yeah. is acting in the situation is just perfect. Yeah, and like, Batman's and, like, we can't let her do anything. We have she's destroying things. She has no idea what she's doing. We have no idea who this is. Like, no, we need to figure, you know, figure out what she is. And yeah, like, Superman's it, like, no, she's my cousin, and we need to be nice to her. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not a Justice League movie, but you you see, I mean, obviously, when you have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman together you see their roles in the Justice League. And, and again, it's done perfectly in this movie compared to, I mean, obviously, Justice League 2017, where, yeah, it's like Batman is the the cautious, the kind of cynical, yep. you know, keeps everyone in line guy. Superman is an optimistic leader, but sometimes doesn't, you know, lets his optimism get ahead of him where he doesn't really think things ahead. And then Wonder Woman is kind of like the the caretaker and like the, the reasonable and, you know, sometimes, you know, brutal and like, you know, unforgiving you know chick but like again they, they just get the role so well where yeah their dialogue just works together and it's not just batman being the 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 funny recruiter of the justice league and <laughs> like no it, it, it's exactly how they should be yeah no exactly and that to me is the best part of the whole movie is yeah. just each of those characters and obviously with tim daly and kevin conroy doing the voices <sighs> it's it's just done perfectly um but even, uh, but anyway, so so it starts with Supergirl coming to Earth again. This is Supergirl Apocalypse, yeah, should be called. But uh, and I, I, we mentioned it. 
I think off the air when we were talking last time, but we were mentioning it. one thing. The animation's a little weird. It is, yeah. Um, and and I realized it's not as much the animation is that weird. It's Batman's lips look really strange. I noticed that. Yeah, there's there's one moment where um where they're on Themyscira's after the big like doomsday battle, um, and they think like uh they think Supergirl's dead, and they like they go to the water, and Batman's yeah. like, and like um. Like yeah, it's like when like Superman like picks up the I forget her name the chick who died. It was uh, a Harbinger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like Superman's picking her up and saying all this stuff, and like Batman, like I, <laughs> he's got this weird like smirk or like it almost looks like he's like hiding his like buck teeth. <laughs> like his yeah. top lip is huge. Yeah, and, like I'm like it, what? <laughs> it looks it looks very weird. The, well, that the, and the, the ears are very are long too. too. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that. What I like about it though, I love the cape in this. Yeah, I the love the way the cape ass. fits to his body and then kind of gathers yeah, it gives around that, his feet. It looks yeah, it gives really cool. Dracula type of posture. Yes. Yeah, I know yeah, what you I, mean. I like that a lot. Yeah, um, but, like, but like, I mean, the other character designs aren't bad. Like Wonder Woman looks no. great, but yeah, it's weird. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, everyone else kind of looks. You don't really notice anything, but then Batman uh-huh. definitely looks a little. Uh, yeah, definitely a little strange. So, yeah. So Kara. Comes Supergirl comes to Earth. She crashes in Gotham Harbor, and then Batman goes to investigate. She ends up accidentally getting in the Bat plane and yeah. or boat or whatever that thing is. Yeah, crashing it and crashes it, and then proceeds to just kind of stumble through Gotham, destroying everything. Yeah, it's kind of like she has no memory of anything and has no idea what's going on. Yeah, the whole fish out water thing, yeah. Yeah, very much so. And I will say, this movie might have the most attractively drawn female characters in any animated movie I've ever seen. I I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, damn if damn if I don't agree. And like, and it might be because they they wear very little clothes like sure. at any point in this movie. Uh Kara has no clothes at the beginning, which is a little yeah. weird. Um it's very terminator like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the, the whatever the the art is with this, they they definitely go go very heavy on the sexy with yeah. this movie for sure. Like I noticed that too. Like in the in the scene later on in Apocalypse where they're they're fighting the Furies, is like Wonder Woman is like very busty, where like more so than usual. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's hard not to know. It's like oh, okay, but again, like you feel weird because it's a cartoon, but. I mean, yeah, I, you can say there was a lot of passion put into the uh, artwork of the female <laughs> right. characters. Right. So, so props to the art department and sure. the, the animators for sure. Um, you know, but then it's just Batman and Superman trying to figure out what to do with Supergirl. <laughs> kind of the, the odd couple, like trying to raise his kid almost. Yeah. And one thing that I did notice when watching this movie, why is Batman here? Like, I get at the beginning it happened in Gotham, but after yeah. that, like, why is he even a part of this? Like, he she shows up everywhere with it. I'm like, like why does he care? I guess because he's just worried that, like, you know, Supergirl could be more dangerous than sure, Clark is. But, like, be- but yeah, you're right. Isn't there more important things? He's away from Gotham for a long time. You, he is, you would think. Like, yeah, he just, he's he's always going with them to Themyscira, and they're like, okay, we need to go Apocalypse. He doesn't even say anything. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> And you're thinking, you're like, is that the best idea for Batman to go to Apocalypse? <laughs> like, really? But it's, well, it's it's a little weird. But it it's you know, I mean that that's the movie. So it yeah, who cares? It, it, 
it was cool when they mentioned that they're like you know because superman's like i'm going to apocalypse and waterman's like you know that's exactly what um you know dark side wants and, and it, it gave me flashbacks of infinity war you know where they're talking about going to titan and um you know yeah. dr strange's like no we can't go and tony's like yeah but he won't expect it so yeah i, I got a lot of those vibes yeah yeah um it definitely has some of that so you know it, he ends up superman clark is trying to acclimator to metropolis does not go well does not go well and... <laughs> we're just gonna use that for for everything now on <laughs> i am gonna use that for everything because it is one of the funniest things ever <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna start putting little sound bites into it at some oh, point. oh yeah but anyway um so wonder woman and the amazons come to basically be like no let's bring it to paradise island where she can be trained properly which makes sense. It's it like, makes a okay. lot of sense. Yeah. And clearly, Batman got in contact with her and was like, look, you need to come and uh, take this girl. Who's... It's just something he would totally do. It is. Um, so then we go to Themyscira, where she's learning to fight without her powers. powers. Yeah. But without her powers, for some reason. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either, but that's it's fine. And then all of a sudden, uh, oh yeah, then we find... then. We find out Darkseid's looking for a new champion because Big Barda has finally broken free, which comes into play later. And so Darkseid hears about another Kryptonian, so of course he's going to try and go after the Kryptonian. So a whole army of Doomsdays show up at uh, yeah. Paradise Island, which is probably the most annoying part of the whole movie for me. Yeah. Look, I understand they really try and play up like, oh, these are like weak clones that aren't the real thing or whatever but doomsday killed superman and there's like a yeah. like a thousand of them yeah like there that would be, be no more over. paradise island there, there'd be no earth yeah no. It, it'd be like yeah like i don't i don't get why they weren't just parademons i, I don't either uh, they yeah, should have been just parademons that was weird i, I remember being like what yeah, so that was very strange. We do get to see Batman fight with a battle axe, which is almost worth the scene in and of itself. I mean, yeah. So, so you talk about things I didn't realize I needed, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> right, when 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 Wonder Woman is just like, Batman throws in this massive battle axe, you're just like, yes! And, like, and they even mentioned a line about, like, because like, Superman, like, wipes out all of them, and he feels bad about it, and Wonder Woman's like, well, they were just clones, they don't really have any brains, so it's like, they kind of, take away the whole right. guilt about killing because well, earlier like, okay. like there's she's like stabbing him and she's like there's no blood or whatever yeah yeah so whatever i don't i th that makes it even more they should have just been parademons but yeah yeah uh anyway so karen's up getting kidnapped by dark side taken to apocalypse and brainwashed to be his champion so they have to go after her, but they to get there they need a mother box so they go to big barda who has one and they, she's just living in a normal suburban community, which yeah. is a little strange. And yeah. then she's just, she has just escaped Darkseid, and then it's just like, ah, I'll go back. Let's go. Yeah, that, don't weird. really get that, but that's a okay. Weird, but that's fine. And <laughs> then they go to Apocalypse, and they fight a bunch of people. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, of, of we, all that, there's um, all that fighting, but I mean, we we haven't talked about the the best scene I, in the movie. I know, I know, we're getting to that. Um, okay. <laughs> So, you know, they have Superman going after Darkseid to try and get Kara back. But, of course, Kara's been brainwashed. And, of course, that means she needs to dress like a goth slash punk chick from 2006. 
Yeah, it's weird. Because that that's evil. That's what evil I guess, means. I guess Darkseid has a fetish, like has a fetish or a, a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would assume so based on the way uh, everyone dresses on. But on that's Apocalypse. also that's also the other thing I want to talk about is like uh, I forget how much Granny Goodness is so like just a stupid looking character because like also, you look at Granny Goodness is a guy in this movie. I, I, I like you couldn't even tell, but like, like she's drawn like a man. The face is drawn like a man, and it's voiced by Ed Asner. Yeah, like it, that, it, it's very strange. That character just clashed because you have like Dark Side, who's like the most intimidating thing ever. You have Apocalypse, which is literally like a planet that's designed to look like hell. Yeah, and then you have a character called Granny Goodness, who looks like this old guy, like in a weird leotard like it just clashes so much i'm like what he looks like but, a squire yeah yeah it just it makes no sense but i just had to bring that up yeah uh we also got to talk about dark side oh yeah andre brower's voice is incredible it's perfect it's it is awesome i forgot uh, he did i forgot it was him because like he's like in everything but yeah uh, i yeah. mean again just just the voice acting from top to bottom in this movie is superb oh. There, yeah. there are no weak links. Um, Summer, Summer Glau, Summer Glau as, yeah. as Kara is fantastic. Um, yeah, obviously Ed Asner as Granny Goodness is great. Uh, Julian Grossman is Big Bart. I mean, everyone's good in this movie. Yeah. As far as vocal. But you have Superman fighting Kara because she's been brainwashed by Darkseid. So that's pretty fun. But meanwhile, and then and then also you have Wonder Woman and Big Barda fighting the uh, oh shoot the, the Furies. Furies yeah the Furies and that's pretty cool too that, that's, that's pretty cool that, that's pretty good. Violent, again yeah. why are the animation in this movie is so much better than anything that's been done in the last like six years in DC I know. I know. and I just don't understand why that's just laziness I guess I mean the budget for this movie is pretty big for an animated movie it was three and a half million dollars the estimated budget which i think is fairly expensive for an so, anime yeah. movie but i i to be honest i have no idea what i'm talking about yeah, so maybe fine. it's not but anyway the animation is fantastic yeah the fight scenes look incredible oh, yeah. um but the best part of the movie is batman is being chased by these giant dogs <laughs> and takes them all out and at one point gets eaten by one and, yeah. and then it cuts to another scene. You're like, wait, what? They, yeah, they kind of <laughs> forgot to, to kind of resolve that. No, they do resolve it. They go back and then all of a sudden you see the dog like kind of whimpering. And then yeah. the two other guards are like, what's wrong with what's wrong with the beast? I'm like, I don't know. It must have been something he ate. And then the dog just collapses and Batman just bursts out of the mouth. Oh, again. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, But then he ends up just I I guess it. I mean, I guess he was looking for them, but it kind of looks like yeah. he just stumbles into it after the fight. He does kind of, yeah. And he finds the hell spores where they're all mm-hmm. kept. And, and so you see him there, and then he goes to Darkseid by himself. Yeah. And immediately gets attacked by Darkseid and is about oh. to just be crushed. And then Batman's just like, I found the hell spores <laughs> and I armed them. <laughs> you know one of them basically destroys a planet and I armed 500 of them and like Darkseid's like no no nah, nah. <laughs> like yeah you're full of it and then right. he reads them the code he's like really he's like <laughs> he, he lists off like the, the code to access them and Darkseid's just like oh god he's like wait <laughs> what and then he goes over and just starts breaking the crap out of him being like you know, oh, yeah. shut him off and he's just like no release release the girl and uh 
we have this scene. You will disarm them. Here's the deal. Release the girl and give your word you'll leave her alone. Forswear Kara Zorel. Kryptonian or the Amazon taken that gamble, they would have lost. They do not have the strength of character to destroy an entire planet to achieve success. But you, a human, you kill your own kind to win battles. An admirable quality. Take the girl. I will make no move against her. And that is awesome. Yeah. Maybe one of the most badass Batman scenes ever. It might be the most badass Batman scene in any of these movies. No argument, yeah. Because he takes on Darkseid himself and bests Darkseid by himself. Yeah. And he is there with Superman, Wonder Woman, and Big Barda. And he's the one with no powers, the human. And he's the one that defeats Darkseid. But what I love about the scene is that it completely like shuts up all the people who are like, oh, well, you know, there's... What are you going to have Batman do in Justice League when they're fighting Darkseid because he can't do anything? It's like, no, it's like this. It's right. like, because Batman vs. Superman was dumb. It's like having him fight Doomsday is pointless because yes, it that's, that's literally just for Superman to fight and, and die from. Like, that's the whole point of Doomsday. Like, the, having Batman fight Doomsday is, is meaningless. And, like, and so people are like, well, Darkseid be the same thing. It's like, uh, no, not if you actually use Batman's greatest weapon, his intellect. I know. Th- what about that? Think about that right there. Yeah. Batman's kind of smart. Uh, yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. And then also, like, like Darkseid isn't just like, oh, like, I destroy the whole world. I only talk in, like, taglines. Like, no, Darkseid <laughs> is also a character. He's, like, right. complex, obviously a villain. But, yeah, it's like, there's so much you can do with that. Yeah. No, definitely. And that that is just such an awesome scene. And just, you know, he's being held over to the, like, lava pit. Yeah. And Darkseid <laughs> just, like, you know... Turn re- turn them off, and he's just like, eh, release the girl, like just unfades. Just yeah, like... it's just the fact that it's Kevin Conroy it just makes it perfect. Yeah, that is by far the best part of the movie, and oh, one yeah. of the best Batman parts ever. So that is absolutely awesome. So Darkseid agrees and lets Kara go. Uh, Clark or Superman defeats her, and then they all leave, and you think everything's fine. And so then you got Clark taking Kara to the Kent farm so that she can be, you know, start to be raised there and learn how to live here. And uh, it does not go well. Does not go well. <laughs> <laughs> As here comes Darkseid. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I said I'd let the girl go, but uh, I think I think it's time for you to die. And then we have this massive huge Darkseid battle with Superman and Kara. Which is, uh, yeah. it's pretty entertaining. A lot of property damage, and I don't know this, if, if this Kent Farm is recovering. We're, we might need Bruce Wayne to step in and avoid for, foreclosure again. Oh um, my god, yeah. I mean, the amount of damage they do, I mean, it makes, it makes, somehow makes Man of Steel seem tame. It's not even just the, it's not even just the, you know, like the house and the barn. It's like, they destroy all everything. the cropland. Like, everything. Uh, the whole field, yeah. So, um... 
I mean, that's what happened when you have freaking, I mean, just dark side fighting Superman alone, but especially with Supergirl 2, it's like, yeah, there's going to be collateral damage. Yep. So, you know, but they end up winning. Of course. They end up sending Darkseid through a boom tube into the middle of space, which is... Pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Although I don't really get how that works. I thought Darkseid was more powerful and he could just fly around in space, but... Yeah, the, the boom tubes kind of... <laughs> maybe not. I, I have yeah, no idea, but... Kind of, uh, yeah, make it a little convenient for anything, but... <laughs> but it works in that, and uh, then we get to see Kara in the Supergirl outfit. And this weird ceremony on Themyscira, and yeah, they, they go back for some reason. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's there, but I don't know. And then uh, you know she's now working towards being Supergirl, and that's that's pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah, but it's fun. It is again, like you think we would complain about it, like oh, you know, Batman is put on the back burner to Supergirl, but they they pull it off. They do, they do pull it off. It it flows well. It may be a little slow in parts, but. I mean, keep... like the shopping montage, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, that I that I didn't like. Um, <laughs> but, but there's enough that happens, and the action scenes are really well done. They are. Yeah, it's just a really good story about, like, they, they I mean, it's always good to see the Trinity together, and, you know, and then, you know, obviously them going to Apocalypse is great, but, uh, yeah, right. they just they incorporate a lot of really cool set pieces and stuff. and They do. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really have any complaints. I mean, other than little ones, but yeah, we already yeah. talked about that. Yeah, we talked about most of those. Um, directed by Lauren Montgomery, who has directed a ton. I mean, she's done just a ton of animated stuff. Okay. Um, she started off with her first movie was Superman Doomsday, and then okay. she did Wonder Woman, and then Green Lantern First Flight. Oh, wow. Then Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, which is oh. not a great movie. And then Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. Then another Green Lantern movie, Emerald Knights. She did one of the best episodes of Batman, the Brave and the Bold in Might Fall. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Which, although actually, I think she just, I think there, there was a bunch of segments in that one, actually. So oh. I think I think she might have just done a segment of it, but. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Uh, what am I talking about? No. Might Fall is the, is the season finale that's the best episode because it's actually yeah. an animated season finale, which is freaking incredible. And uh, but I do think there were segments in, and I think she was one of the directors on that episode. Yeah, there were two directors, her and Ben Jones. But that's that's yeah. one of the best episodes of that show. Yeah, still, yeah. then she did Year One, which is fantastic. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And she did Justice League Doom, which we're going to talk about, which is yeah. fantastic. Wow. So yeah, she she she's done quite a few fantastic animated movies. God, bring her back, yeah. I know, right? It would have been better than things we've been getting. I don't know what I don't know what they've been God. doing. Her last yeah. thing was doing a couple episodes of Voltron in 2016, and she hasn't really directed. She hasn't directed since then. That's a damn shame. It is a shame because these are all just so good. She had a yes. heck of a like two year, like two three year run there. It killed it. And it's uh, it's definitely a shame that we haven't seen her do any directing after especially that. with all the talk about needing more female directors like all right bring yeah. her back yeah yeah i'm not i'm not really sure why she stopped uh stopped doing that but anyway it would be nice to see would be nice to see her back come back lauren yeah please please come back lauren because 
you, you did good work. <laughs> it's, it's some dark times for DC Animator right now. But yeah, sadly it is. This movie has a 7.1 rating on IMDb out of 10. Okay. It's pretty solid. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, there's no critic rating at all, and it has a 63% audience score. Really? And then it has a 3.1 on Letterboxd. So, fair, you know, okay. m- most people think it's it's fine. I think it's a little better than that. I did um, too, yeah. I gave, it, I gave it four stars. I had it at three and a half even, and I even bumped it up this last time just because I enjoyed watching Superman and Batman so much. Yeah, uh, just might, just the way they too. interacted was was really great, especially at the beginning of the movie. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. So, I don't really yeah, have much we... else to say about this movie. I don't either. I mean, it's, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out because yeah, it's one yes. of the better, like one of the best Batman Superman movies we've had. Oh yeah, I mean it is. It, it's it's very very well done. Even though it is mostly a Supergirl movie, it is still. Done it, but it really just, it, well. but it just shows you like how well they they pull out Batman and Superman where they can they still like you know take the movie where, where the majority of it is about Supergirl. It yeah, just, it tells you a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that is uh, Superman. Batman Apocalypse. Now, we didn't even talk about it. Uh, we need to figure out what we need. To, what are we gonna do for next week? Should we do Public Enemies then? Yeah. I mean, we probably should because yeah, I mean, logically that yeah. goes with this one. But I'd rather do Doom. Uh, I, I I could tell when you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm trust me, I'm the same boat too. Justice League Doom. If it wasn't for Flashpoint. That's the best yeah, yeah. Justice League animated movie that, that, yeah. that's been done. I mean, it is awesome. Screw it. Let's just do it then. So we're going to do that. Yeah, why not? We're going to do Justice League Doom based on the Mark Wade Tower of Babel story, mm. which is fantastic. Awesome. That's what we're going to watch. So that's what we'll do next week, as well Great. as uh, Movie Swap. So yeah, I'm excited about that one, because that, one that one's a lot of fun. Another Kevin Conroy, Tim Daly, Susan Eisenberg. Um, yeah. one as well it pretty much brings back I think the entire cast from the, the TV show yeah pretty much I think so Yeah, Nathan Fillion Michael Rosenbaum yeah it's got I think it has at least most of them back so that's that's pretty great yeah alright so that's what we'll do next week um I don't have really anything else to say I don't either no get right. in get out yeah well Thanks for listening to this episode of the Uncaped Crusaders Review. I promise we'll try and uh, keep some of the beginning things shorter because we keep going along and on and on. With um, I know it kind of it kind of negates the whole not even watching the movies anymore. Yeah, it kind of does. So <laughs> we'll we'll try and we'll try and shorten that up. It's a different format. We're still figuring it out. So give yeah. us a little bit of a break. But next yeah. week we'll uh, talk about Justice League Doom, another great animated justice league movie and then after that we might have to pick a bad one just to change things up i was gonna say yeah we can't we can't just do all the good ones and because then it's gonna be rough that is yeah that is true so we we might have to figure out what's one of the not so good ones and maybe that'll be more fun who knows at least we want to watch it yeah yeah well we do have to watch it just well yeah but not like you know live right 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 yeah exactly so all right, that does it for this episode of the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Make sure and uh, follow us on Twitter, at Uncaped Review. It's where you can get all the updates for all the episodes, when they post, and uh, just all that stuff, everything you need to know. Leave us a review rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Marky Mark Brand. You can follow me at Ian Bark Bark. So you can do that as well. 
And uh, follow us on Letterboxd as well. Mine's, again, yeah. Marky Mark Brand on Letterboxd. And what, what is yours? Mine's a little different. Mine's uh, Ian Dr. like Ian Doctor. Okay, I've been meaning to ask, why? Uh, this is my initials. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay, and like yeah, Ian, fair enough. Freaking Ian Bark Bark was like either taken or what wasn't accepted. I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was so random. I'm like, okay. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that yeah. is a little weird. But I, uh, I doubt there is another Ian Bark Bark, but I mean, it, it just wouldn't take it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's very strange. Yeah. But okay, yeah. But follow us on Letterboxd, too. That's always, that's fun. Yeah. Trying to keep up with all those. So. I'm using that more and more today, yeah, these days. I know, the app's great. I'm addicted. It's great. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of the Cape Crusaders View. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Mark. I'm Ian. Talk to you next week.